0: Is our VP of customer experience here at Drift and previously led our customer success motion, talking to our customers every single day to better understand what makes a delightful buying experience, how we can surprise and delight our customers on a regular basis, and digging deep into what makes a customer successful because at the end of the day, we're all just people marketing and selling to other people and we want to be treated that way.
1: Yeah. Julie, we're so excited to have you today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. This is fun. (laughs) I think I speak for Sarah and I, but a lot of women at the office and just people at the office, you're an absolute role model of ours, and a lot of that is how you carry yourself at the office, so I would love to just... Have you tell everyone a little bit more about your background and then recently also made a little bit of a switch
2: from customer success to customer experience. So we would love to learn a little bit more about that. Sure. Well, that was very nice of you. Thank you. (laughs) So I've been at Drift for a little over two years. And before Drift, I was at HubSpot. Before HubSpot, I was at Deloitte Consulting. And so my career has really been helping customers adopt new technology and adopt new things, right? New processes, new systems. And when I joined at Drift, David Cancel, our CEO said, I have this vision of a stool and there are three legs on the stool. And this is what is going to make customers happiest, right? So like the thing that he wanted to, to drive. And so the first was we need to build customer success. We need to build customer support and we need to build customer experience. And I was so excited about the idea of customer experience because I'd been so focused on service delivery and service engagement. A big part of my background, too, was global expansion. So building something from scratch, getting it to a point where the infrastructure was there, and then passing it off to somebody else who could scale it. So I was like, oh, experience. This is so exciting. And I had all these ideas, and I sent them to him, and he was like, Okay, yes, but we need to build these other two things first. Like, the two legs of the stool that get it up are the infrastructure. So we built in scale or built and launched the success team, the support team, and at the end of 2019, he came to me and was sort of like, it's time. It was way less dramatic than that, but <laughs> like in my mind, that's how it went down. And he was like, it's time. Like, these things are there. We have leaders in place who can take this to the next level and scale it. I need this third leg built. And so enter 2020 and the the build of customer experience at Drift, which I'm really, really excited about. That's so cool. So exciting. Sammy and I have
0: both been involved in the building of the other two legs of this stool. So it's really cool to be able to see how those have evolved and now what's going to come from this third leg. So... Let's talk a little bit about customer experience. What is customer experience? And then also, what isn't customer
2: experience? Yes, yes. So here's the trick to thinking about customer experience. Close your eyes if you want to, okay. or <laughs> think about it this way. When was the last time you were a customer? So maybe it was today. We're in Boston. Maybe you took the tea. Maybe you were in an Uber or Lyft. Maybe you went to buy like a coffee this morning. So if we ran, if we ran with a coffee example, when you are a customer buying a coffee, you go in and there's a process to what has to happen. There's an infrastructure there. You need the machinery to make the coffee. You need the people who know how to use the machines to make the coffee. You need the systems in place to be able to get people through the steps they need to take to get the thing that they went there to get. And so that in my mind is customer success or customer support. You have a process in place that helps people go from point A to point of purchase and then seeing the end result of what they wanted. So getting the value they intended to see. So if we use that coffee analogy with Drift, we needed to build what it is to take somebody who buys Drift to onboarding them, to getting them to adopt, to getting them to get activated, to getting them to a place where they grow and getting them to a place where they become advocates for us. So that's, that's like, the first thing to think about. Like, what is not just the experience but the process for getting the thing you want? You guys with me on that? Yes. Okay. So then if you go back to buying your coffee this morning, if you did that, what happened along the way? So when you got in there, was the line a mess? Was it easy for you to understand how to order or what to order? Was it clear to you where you needed to go to then pick up the thing that you purchased? And so I think that's actually a part that sometimes gets overlooked. We become so obsessed with our processes and our mechanisms for getting to the end point. And so if you use this analogy and think about a coffee shop, if you're just heads down processing the orders and you're not looking up to say, what's the experience within the store and what are the things that are going on? That, that's where customer experience comes into play. So to use that in, in Drift context, what I'm really focused on is, okay, we've built that machinery. We've got the machines. We've got the systems. We've got the people who know how to use the machines. We now need to look at every point of that journey and understand how we can improve it and make it better. So if we start with onboarding, somebody purchases, there's a handoff. There's a transition from whoever you purchased from to the person who's gonna get you set up. What does that customer then experience during that point of time, and how can we make that better? There's also something we don't talk a ton about, which is like when you've made something or made a purchase, sometimes there's remorse. You bought this thing and it's like, ooh, I just made a huge investment. Did I do the right thing? How do you as a company get ahead of that? You anticipate that that's going to happen. So can you create an unbox experience for the thing that you offer? Even though Drift doesn't come in a box, Mm -hmm. you can create an unbox experience. What are the digital assets, the physical assets, the things that you can now package and get in front of your customers and users to give them confidence in the thing that they just bought? Yeah, totally.
1: So interesting. And I think when I think about customer experience prior to us really creating this motion at Drift, I was thinking about those tangible unbox experiences, right? Like Apple, when you get yes. a new iPhone and it goes really slow. Yes. <laughs> or even like your AirPods and when they connect, it spins around. Yeah. Or at Starbucks in the morning when I go into my mobile app and it's so easy. It knows my store. And I yes. go there, and the person knows me, and he gives me my coffee right away. So those tangible experiences, at least for me, was really easy to grasp when I think about customer experience, when I go into a restaurant and I make a reservation and all of that. And I think when it gets to the B2B side, it's a little bit harder to wrap your head around mm-hmm. and what that means. And I think that the way you described it in terms of making it that engine it makes a lot of sense and it it puts it into a way that I haven't really thought about before. So can you give us a a few other examples in the B2B space of some customer experiences that have been great for you or companies who you really admire that are doing customer
0: experience really well? I know you have an example because you got off of a call yesterday. I sat really close to Julia and she said, that was the best sales call I've ever been on.
2: Yes, I was so glad you heard that. Yeah, I was so glad you heard that. And you know what's so interesting? When you think about the best Sales calls are the best experiences you've had. It's rarely, wow, they put me through that process, <laughs> right? Like, right. they did a great job onboarding and activating <laughs> me. We don't, like, that's our internal language, and you need it. Like, I, I don't want to diminish that. It is so important to running the engine. You need that. But, again, like, it, experience is stepping away from that engine and ensuring the delivery against that engine is something that the the customers really feel and, mm-hmm. and take home because it's bringing your brand to life in those intersections they have with you or those moments with you. So I'm a purchaser of things. And on the phone with the sales rep, the thing that I liked about it, I think the top three things, the personalization. He had done some research. I don't care if you, like, know me, right? Like, don't get, people have to get over that, right? It's not about that. But it's more so like, he understands what we do as a company. I can't tell you how many times I've talked to across places I've worked. I've talked to somebody about a customer. And I've said, oh, so what do they do? And somebody can't answer that question. You're talking yeah. to these customers every single day. And if you can't answer the question of, like, what do they do? How does this business make money? That's table stakes. And so this sales rep I spoke to knew what drifted, understood our pain, made it personal. And then it was also frictionless. And I think that's really important. I did not have to lift a finger in that conversation to figure out where I needed to go to understand the impact that the thing that they were demoing to me would have on our business, he connected the dots for me and made it really easier for me to sort of sit back and see the value that they'd be able to bring. And I think the third thing too, he was conversational, attentive. I didn't feel like I was being pushed through a process. He wasn't reading off of a script. And I think a lot of times too, as we enter this new decade, it's unlearning some of the things that we always thought had to be correct when it comes to engaging with customers or engaging with prospects. Yes, we want consistency, but not consistency in the sense that every single person speaking to customers or prospects is reading from a script or reading from something. You need to be able to teach your teams and teach your companies what it means to be a human and have a real conversation and deliver the experience that your brand is supposed to. I think that's something
1: that we Talk to customers a lot about is how do we unlearn
0: these things that we're so used to doing? Yes, they're so
2: ingrained. Right. They're so ingrained.
0: It's been like a process where you're so obsessed with moving someone from one piece of the puzzle to the next piece of the puzzle that – you forget that it's just a person. Yes. And how, like, you don't understand that if you were going through that same process, it would be the same right. less yes. than
2: amazing experience for you. Right. Yeah. And you're never in a place where you're like, aha, now I've moved you from <laughs> yes. interested to converted. So thank you. So thank right? you so much. Right. Gotcha. Right. Again, our internal dialogue. And and again, we need that. But how do we ensure those transitions are ones yeah. where frictionless for the customer mm-hmm. and or prospect and also ones that, really feel like, wow, this is representative of a place that I want to be a part mm-hmm. of. I know you asked about B2B, but I also think it's hugely important to get inspiration from outside of B2B because yeah. I think we are the laggards. I think we are we are learning how to do this. Go outside and get experience and examples from other places. I talk a lot about my experience with Children's Hospital. So I'm a mother of three. I've been there a few times. Mm-hmm. Everyone's happy, healthy, but as, as a parent around the Boston area, I've, I've been there And I've always been so incredibly impressed with my entire experience as the parent of a patient. From parking to navigating, it's a really big place, navigating where you need to go. They have people who sort of steward your transition from waiting room into waiting with the doctor. They come in and tell you, you're going to be waiting for this amount of time. Here's who you're going to see. Do you have any questions about your insurance? All of the things that I don't want to have to think about while I'm there for something that's stressful. And so we, a few years ago, brought in somebody who is responsible for patients experience at Children's Hospital, and she gave us a lot of feedback about the importance of handoffs between patients and doctors and nurses and how that can create stress and friction and the things that they did to remove that friction. So I think anybody listening, yes, B2B is important to look at, but look to role models outside of our space because we have so much we can learn from them. 100%. That's, yeah. I mean, we
0: always look at other companies, not just in the B2B space, for marketing campaign yes. ideas and things like that. Why Why should
2: it be different when you're right. looking at customer right. experience? What speaks to you? What grabs you? And then how do we turn those role models into things that work for our industry? Yeah, for sure.
0: So getting down into a little bit more of like the tactical yes. parts of customer <laughs> experience, f- companies now know that they should be focused on the customer. But it can be kind of scary to move from obsessing over these processes to actually talking to people Yes, because you might get negative feedback and that's scary. So what's a good first step that people can take to make their processes more focused around their customer? Yeah.
2: And I actually think this is the hardest thing to figure out. So you talk about customer experience. It's like, okay, so what is it? What are we actually talking about? And then the second is I think because we are, especially fast growing companies, we are so process and engine driven, we immediately overcomplicate this. (laughs) And the reality is, if you are at the very beginning stages of trying to figure out, how do I build a customer experience program or how do we make customer experience a priority for our business? Get a piece of paper, get a pen, and the first thing to do is to map the journey. What is the customer journey? Now, this does not mean go to your CFO and ask for a $100,000 investment in customer journey mapping tools. Like, you're not there yet. It also doesn't mean that this becomes an arduous process that is so detailed and convoluted that you end up with a roadmap no one understands. Your goal is boxes. And so for us, again, if I go back to Drift, our boxes are post-sale. Someone needs to be onboarded. We then need to activate those customers, allow them to adopt, help them adopt. We want those customers to grow, and we want those customers to become advocates for us. That is the journey, plain and simple, and can you define what that looks like? And then if, if you even want, like go through the, the coffee analogy to keep you honest. You walk into the shop, someone needs to make an order, they need to then pay, they need to then pick up, like simplify the steps of the journey and bring those to life. The second part is understanding where the interactions are taking place that that customer is having with you and your brand and what's going to be important. So I talked about the unbox experience. The other thing we've been thinking a lot about is how do we help identify when a customer is at a place where we know that they could benefit from more of our product? Mm -hmm. The system or the process would be putting somebody on the phone with them, getting an account manager or a sales rep. But if we really want to create a better experience, how can we show them what additional value would do to their business and how do we start introducing that in a way that is aligned with their journey with us to begin with. So those are the types of things we like to talk about or think about the moments and then how you can add to that. And then the third piece is, so like what measurement or what impact to the business would this have? And that's the place where this also gets stuck. I think we'll talk about that also, but when you're trying to demystify what customer experience is, I think sometimes it gets put on the shelf because it's not thought of as like a hard metric or something as as valuable as everything else that you're paying attention to. And so what is the thing that you're trying to move the needle on? And so I think of going back to the beginning for us, onboarding, unbox experience, creating a better handoff experience, that's all for the sake of acceleration. How do we accelerate that customer to getting value from us faster? So when you think about the process steps and then the experiential component that you're going to build a program or a campaign around, your ability to drive acceleration is key and then how you measure it. So draw boxes, (laughs) understand what the experiential component is. So what is that customer going through at that point in time in their journey? And then what is the needle you're trying to move? Start there. That's perfect.
1: That's a great way to think about it. And I also love that you brought up those moments pinpointing those moments and making sure you're delivering on those because I know throughout all of our experiences, whether it's buying software or buying coffee, I'm not thinking, oh, I'm in this stage. This is right. the moment they're doing it. It's just a flawless experience. It's frictionless, as you said. I'm not actively thinking like, oh now I'm in
2: SQL. Right. <laughs> I've now bought my coffee. I've transitioned to customer. Yeah. And it's it's silly, but that's also like it's a good thing to think about too because In in reality, if you are really, really good at your systems and processes, but you're not thinking at all about how people are experiencing you or engaging you, you do start to feel like a number. Mm -hmm. You do start to feel like you're being pushed through the process. And so I find it fascinating because the moment where – Our CEO said, like, it's time. We need to start doing experience. We're also seeing this become a bigger player in conversations about not just customer success, but marketing, Mm -hmm. go-to-market sales. We're seeing all of the acronyms with Xs after them everywhere. ROX, return on experience. CX, customer experience in general. And I think it's because, like, buyers are changing and customers are changing. They demand and expect not just to get value, but to have a really good experience and a very personalized experience while they're getting the value from what you offer. So delivering value isn't just enough, they also have to make sure, or people are demanding, this engagement and experience with your brand as well.
1: Going off of that, something that's interesting about your transition from customer success to customer experience is that now you actually sit on the marketing team. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure a lot of organizations are thinking about adopting customer experience into their org. Can you talk a little bit about your experience having it on the marketing team and any advice you would give to
2: anyone similarly thinking about where sure. this should sit? Sure. And it's funny, because when we when we plan- were planning this and talking about it, and I started telling my colleagues in the CS world, it's like, oh, we're building experience and it's actually going to live in marketing, they were like, no, <laughs> it, like the reaction was really negative from people in the CS space. They're like, "You can't do that. You CS has to own this number and this this thing." And I actually think the perception around this has to change. And the reason is customer success, uh, the world of customer success, which is the world I grew up in uh, and have been in, it's really become a category over the past ten years. But now that. We're at a place where it has become such an influential part of a business. We've effectively earned the seat at the go-to-market table. And as a result of that, people who run marketing organizations and the CMOs of the future aren't just thinking about, okay, I have my go-to-market team, and I'm highly focused on new pipeline, new business, my partnership with sales, and then the CSO can figure it out once they get over the fence. The CMOs of the future are saying, I have responsibility for taking this brand that we're building in the marketplace and making sure that we carry that experience over into when our customers get onboarded, get value, because the next level of growth isn't just coming from new business and new market. Mm -hmm. It's coming from our existing customers who become raving fans and evangelists for us, referral network. All of the things they do to grow more, build more. And so I feel very lucky that this is something that our CEO and our CMO are so behind because it's giving the customer a true seat at the go to market table. And I think that's a trend we're going to start seeing for sure.
0: Yeah. I'm thrilled that Julie gets to sit on the marketing team with us because it just helps humanize everything that we're doing because we can get down into the nitty gritty of MQAs turning into a meetings book. We did humanize our funnel and we call them interested people and we call them scheduled conversations. We call it future customers, not pipeline, but really thinking about the customer instead of just using words that humanize them brings just another level of eating in our own restaurant, drinking our own champagne, eating our
2: own dog food, whatever it is you want to say, like, we're we're trying to do that as best we can. It's awesome. And I think, too, like, it can't – I think sometimes with, with customer experience, it can feel like lip service. Like, you talk you, – you say these things. You mm-hmm. say things like customer obsession. You talk about it a lot, but you have to fundamentally change the way your business operates and the language you use to talk about your customers yeah. in order to truly – become what you want customer experience to be at your business and what you want that experience to be for your customers. And so it's not just a department. And also, too, like, me taking on this role doesn't mean, like, I now am the customer experience person. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Like, the goal of making this a first-class function in the business is that we hold our goals and we hold our metrics and the things that we care about accountable to the same sort of scrutiny as the rest of our business metrics. So just like, yes, pipeline is operated and managed through marketing, it's the entire business's job to be in a place where we're entering markets and generating interest from people because of the value of our product, because of what our product does, because of the reputation our customers bring to it. And so being the person who's building it doesn't mean it's just our team's responsibility. It's our responsibility to then partner Mm cross-functionally to ensure we're aligning a company around the customer journey.
1: Yeah, and that's actually, as I'm just sitting here, I mean, the three of us, and I mean, I've been here a year. You guys have been here two, two and a half years. Mm -hmm. All three of us have done marketing and customer roles. Right. And every single person at the company does chat duty. Every single person at the company is talking to the customer. Yes. I, th- I think that's just. So, as <laughs> I was always sitting here, I was like, "Wow, yeah. all of us really had those touch points with the customer and being in that that space, and then also being on that marketing side as
0: well." We're super gung ho about customer experience, and we completely understand the value of it and why it appreciate needs to- that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and so is Drift. Like that's that's in our DNA, but this could be a new idea for a lot of companies that function in a little bit more of a traditional way and they might not understand why they need to have a function like customer experience. How would you make an aha moment for a company like that where they think it might be a fad, it'll pass, it's not something that's sustainable? How can
2: you turn the light on for them? Yes. It's such a good point because I think customer experience gets a really bad reputation and is mischaracterized as the spirit and swag department Mm -hmm. and so i think the first question to ask if if you are getting pushback or you're hearing that this isn't going to be an investment i would ask what is your perception of what customer experience is Mm -hmm. and i think that is going to be the anchor for a conversation around what it is and what it is not Um, much like i think marketing prior to past 10 years of how much we've sort of structured the math behind having a strong funnel, marketing was thought of as the arts and crafts department, right? And it took a while for businesses to understand, like, there's more to what marketing is than your preconceived notions of where people are spending time. And so the same goes for customer experience. I think if you have a CEO or a C-suite who thinks, like, job is just sending t-shirts and cupcakes, well, that stuff is important. Like, And it's not to, again, it's not to dismiss the importance of being spirited and excited for your customers and sending swag, but it's building something that's going to allow your company to scale. And so being able to understand those preconceived notions and saying, this in fact is what you need. So what are the gaps you have right now in your ability to achieve your metrics and your ability to achieve your growth goals? Don't you want something that is going to hold us accountable to revenue influenced or revenue driven by customers or satisfied customers who then generate a pipeline of advocates who then purchase, right? Like those are the things that you're able to derive from customer experience that I think just we don't have a narrative around that right now. And I hope the end of this decade, we're in a place reflecting on like, wow, remember the beginning of experience? And it was thought of as that place that just sent swag and had people who were really energetic to talk about customers. But it's, in fact, moved the needle in these businesses because it's brought to life your brand. Mm -hmm. It's been the extension of go-to-market through the customer journey. And now, as a result of these programs, we're seeing more revenue come from our existing customers base and more people connected to our companies. Okay, we have to ask, just okay. because we're big numbers gals, okay.
1: <laughs> how do you think about measuring the success of yes. customer experience? What are yeah. some KPIs you look for, and how do you see, okay, this is working
2: and this isn't working? Yeah. So I think the like traditional sense of customer experience is that it's all NPS. Mm-hmm. And so I think NPS is important, mm-hmm. but NPS is a point-in-time measurement. And really asks you how likely you are to advocate on our behalf. It doesn't get to anything related to dollars. And it also doesn't get anything related to your true satisfaction. So... I'm going to keep bringing back the coffee analogy. If you went and bought a coffee today, if I at the end were saying, how likely were you to refer me to a friend, that would help me understand some components. But it doesn't get down to me understanding your actual satisfaction and then the actual impact of any of the experiential programs I had in place. Mm-hmm. And so this is my working acronym. It's awful. <laughs> but if you use this just as like a mental model to think of it, SEEDS with an A. Okay. It's awful, someone more creative than me can help figure this out, but this is just how I think about the metrics that matter. Satisfaction, engagement. And when I say engagement, that means, like, given that this is part of our, our marketing organization, the campaigns that you are driving, what does that end user and customer engagement look like? So that gives you an understanding of what's happening. Are people consuming your content? And does that content then impact revenue that's influenced, right? So engagement is, is key, so that campaign engagement. Acceleration. So the things that you do in the programs you drive, particularly in B2B SaaS, should help accelerate a customer through their journey. And I don't mean like get them out as fast as you can, I mean, we're moving them through to see value faster and being able to tie value back to that. And the way that we're working on building that here is in partnership with the CS team, in partnership with our operations team, understanding what are the things that we believe we can attach influence to, and does that help customers move through the stages of onboarding faster? So that's part of what we're working on this quarter. The second A is advocacy, and so there are a lot of different ideas out there about how to measure advocates. For us this year, we really genuinely just want to understand, do we have companies who become promoters for us? Do we have companies who are able to speak at events on our behalf, who are able to create content on our behalf, who are willing to jump on the phone with a prospect to talk about their experience with us, and we have a goal there for people who become advocates. NPS is a component of that. Like we Mm -hmm. want to be able to measure that there. But that's hugely important for us to be able to understand, like, are these things at the end of the day not only keeping our customers with us for a while, but getting our customers to a place where they're happy to speak on our behalf. And then the D of the seeds is dollars. How can you take all of this and attach it to revenue? Mm-hmm. So we need some work on the the acronym to remember <laughs> it, but like it. those are the things I think about and the places that we're spending a ton of energy this year on being able to measure and articulate you plant the seed. Yeah. Oh, I like that. See? And it, See? Grows. And it grows. This, is, <laughs> this is why I'm in marketing, getting all this help. This is
0: great. I need this. So everything that you're talking about is really cool, and we've started to implement it. What do you think is coming for the future of customer sure. experience? What do you envision as, like, the golden customer experience path?
2: Yeah. I think it goes back to what we talked about earlier, which is... The experience has a seat at the go-to-market table. Yeah. So we have CMOs. Like it's the reaction I got from like my network. Like no, you can't go to marketing <laughs> is the norm. Yeah, where CMOs are partnering with even more excitement with the CS team and with sales, to say how do we take the experience that we want our prospects to have with our brand and that excitement that they have with our brand and carry that throughout the entire journey. Mm -hmm. And I think we'll see more companies making investments in the things that previously felt like soft programs. Mm -hmm. Again, like going back to where people spend time, without the strong definition of what experience is, we make assumptions about the value it can bring to a business. And I think looking forward to the future, conversations about metrics and business and revenue impact are going to be broader and broader. We're going to be seeing more examples of how the influence of an experience program and the influence of a customer's experience was able to help businesses grow, able to help companies see even more value from the things that you offer. And so it all starts though with CMO and having CMO involvement and knowing that the brand can't just be the thing that you put out there to attract people in. That experience that the brand delivers, I call it bringing the brand to life, that's going to become a key part of businesses who want to be competitive, given how much a customer demands and how much a prospect demands from what happens as soon as they pay you for Mm -hmm. the thing that you offer.
1: Yeah. Bringing your brand to life. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. We've learned so much from you.